wonder one more time if we could stand and collectively lift our hands and thank God for the blood that he shed for us. Come on, let's really thank him. Come on, that's it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. praise and glory and honor come on clap your hands and give God praise for it come on put your voice with it he's worthy of it hallelujah Jesus hallelujah Jesus thankful to be in church tonight. Praise God. I have anticipated being in the presence of the Lord all day today. So thankful for what he's doing. Thankful to be a part of the kingdom of God at such a time as this. This is an exciting time to be a part of the church. This is an exciting time to be a part of the church. <clears throat> I give honor to your pastor and his wife. few places. In fact, um, Brother Gilbert and Denison is one of three places I can think of off, just right off the top of my head that I knew before, I knew beforehand, long before. In fact, um, many years ago, my pastor and uncle preached uh, a lengthy meeting in this church. And I actually came with him here during that meeting. I've known for a long time. And you, it wasn't just this deal of, you know, I hope one day I get to preach there. I just known God was going to connect us. And we have mutual friends. In fact, we have close mutual friends. And other than God's timing, 
There's no reason why we shouldn't have been connected before now. But God's timing is perfect. It's perfect. And uh, I've not known them long, but I love them. I appreciate them. And um, I love their children, praying for their children. You, do you know that I believe the, the true measure of your love and appreciation for your pastor and his wife is how you treat their children. <clears throat> and um, being a preacher's kid's a deal. And um, I love these kids and I love appreciate them and the great work that's being done here. Um, I I'm going to do what I feel tonight, and I hope that's okay. Uh, if you come to hear a, a good Friday message, I've got plenty in my repertoire. I've been evangelizing 23 years. Um, but I don't always preach to fathers on Father's Days, and I don't always preach to mothers on Mother's Day. Mother's Day, there's more backsliders come to church on Mother's Day than any Sunday. So you, typically what I do is drop, drop what I call the backslider bomb. And every mother is okay with it. In fact, I couldn't give them a greater Mother's Day. So I'm going to do what I feel and have felt. I feel like this is very important. I'm not saying I'm, I'm visual. I'm a visual learner. I visually see things. But it's like, Pastor, something is just right there on the edge. There's some people just right there on the edge. And it's taken a lot of services and a lot of preaching to get you there. And I just feel like it's my responsibility tonight to just give you what I felt and try to get you just to, to jump. You say, Brother Marks, how far, how far is far? That's not what matters. I just feel like that this thing is combustible. And there's just, do you know that weather changes by just, it can change by just one or two different, one, one or two degrees. And oftentimes in the spirit world, it's just one or two degree adjustment here or there. And it can cause the rain to fall. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. This is kind of gonna let the cat out of the bag where I, where I'm going right now. There, there's people coming. Okay. There's people coming. They're coming. But listen. There's people that look like us that are coming, and there's people that don't look like us that are coming. But listen. Listen. What I want to tell you. You don't need somebody to move in here in order to see your dreams fulfilled. Everything you need is already in this house. we just got to figure out how to get everybody engaged and plugged into what God's doing. Now, I'm just telling you, I, just, I know what I know. There's an anointing going to fall in here in the next little bit. I'm talking about God's going to dump something on us. And I, and I want you to receive. I want you to receive what I have to tell you. Romans chapter 16. 
I've been well taken care of. And it's because of faithful people like you. The pastor is able to do that. And so thank you, Brother Gilbert, but also thank you to all these faithful people out here that give. Because without you, there would be no need for us. Well, I've never heard a preacher say that before. Well, you just heard one say it. I, we are here because you're here. The five-fold ministry was put into place with you in thought. Romans 16, I've left you standing here for several minutes. I'll just read one verse and let you be seated. Last chapter of Paul's letter to the church at Rome, verse number three. Greet Priscilla and Aquila. My helpers. Somebody say my helpers. Say my helpers. Some translations say co-laborers, co-workers in Christ Jesus. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers. Someone say my helpers. I hadn't planned on inserting this, but I see a theme and a motif laced through these last three services about being together. Do you know, I think, off the top of my head, Scripture mentions them five or six times. I don't remember how many. It's five or six. They are never mentioned by themselves. They are never mentioned by themselves. It's always... Priscilla and Aquila. God is interested in us working together. Someone say together for him. Give the Lord a good hand clap of praise before you're seated. You can be seated. Hey, will you go grab my phone? I think I left it in the office. There's something I want to read off that. Now, <clears throat> I'm not going to use a long runway tonight, so I've truncated and condensed and cut this back um, to fit here in the next... 35 to 40 minutes because I want to spend, I want you to get the, thanks, bro. I want you to get the, the principle and I want something to happen in the spirit here tonight before we leave. As I said before, I believe that there is, I believe there's a great anointing that's going to fall in this house tonight. I need somebody to say amen if you believe that. Amen. All right, listen. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. 
to, to say that the Apostle Paul was um, successful is an understatement. Half to two-thirds of the New Testament was written by the Apostle Paul. One half of one book was basically written about his life. That's pretty significant. Now, there's a list, and it's something that I have been amassing over the years of specific accomplishments of the Apostle Paul. And again, tonight, I will not give you a bunch of specifics, but I do want to give you something I feel like is very important and critical, and I think it sets this up. At the end, when he has finished his race, Historians, Bible scholars tell us that the Apostle Paul started somewhere upwards of 20 churches. Um, in all of my reading over the years and research, I have never found anyone with knowledge who gave him any less than any less credit than 15. So between 15 and 20 churches during his lifetime, he specifically, 15 to 20 churches, he individually, excuse me, individually was responsible for the groundwork, the going up, the starting, the establishing, and the going for, forward of 15, between 15 and 20 churches. That's pretty impressive seeing that he did it on foot. He didn't have the internet. Brace yourself. I always get a devil or two stirred up right here. Um, but he didn't have social media. Um I seen somebody the other day from hour, or yesterday from hours and hours and hours away from here and said um, something about going to ask me to do something. He said, but I know you're going to be in Denison preaching. I, I do know I was going to be in Denison preaching. Well, it's we're utilizing the technology that we have. The Apostle Paul did this without a computer. He did it without... Uber, lifts, planes, trains, subways, cars, electric or gasoline. I don't really care which it is. I just want it to go when I get in it. Between 15 and 20 churches. Now, here's the astounding part. This is not just something that you will find in seminary studies. Actually, and I went through a period of of my ministry where I was interested in this, but so I have read many sources on the on the rise and the fall of the Roman Empire. 
here's what's more impressive than starting between 15 and 20 churches, and I, and I may get choked up because this is moving to me. What is far more impressive is the daughters, granddaughters, and great-granddaughters that were birthed from these 15 to 20 churches. Now, the influence, the influence, the motion, and the movement, what the Apostle Paul was doing, he was, he was doing more than just delivering a message. The ministry of the Apostle Paul was a movement. Can I speak something right now in the Holy Ghost? And I don't want you to forget this. I know how we are in a couple of weeks. I want somebody to let this catch. Let this go viral. Hashtag this. This is not a moment. This is a movement. Thank you, bro. You know why he's standing? Because I, I believe he's got the heart. I believe the spirit of Jonathan's armor bearer is on this man. And I believe he's got the heart of this pastor. Let me, just, let me just go ahead. I hope this is all right. Let me just go ahead and just air it. Just let me clear the air right now. If you're waiting, oh, he's zealous. Oh, he's just a zealous young man. He's got a lot of fire and zeal. But he's going to cool off. He'll calm down. I'm going to wait this over. I'm going to wait this out. I'm just going to hunker down here. Come on, dig my heels in. And all this talk, radical talk about revival and impacting a city and impacting the world, it'll all blow over and we'll go back to business as usual. I got news for you. God sent you a man with a dream and a vision with fire in his belly. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to stand in defense of every revival this church has ever had. I want to stand in defense of month after month after month. Come on, that Brother Morgan was in this pulpit connected with this man. I'm telling you right now, this church is not going back. We have gone through a door. We are not going back. There is no room for complacency here. Come on, you can't say apostolic and apathy in the same sentence. There is no place for lethargy and lackadaisicalness. Come on, this is going to be an apostolic church and we are going to have apostolic influence in these last days. I feel something about to get on me right now. Come on. Well, it was just convenient. It was a financial decision. Let me tell you something right now. The elder didn't call Darren Gilbert to pastor here. This young man can go anywhere he wants to go. He's not here because his mama wants him here. Darren Gilbert's here because he's got fire in his belly to see revival in this city. You believe that? Clap your hands and thank God for it. And God is raising up people right here that would die for his dream. 
I have prayed that the spirit of the armor bearer, come on, Jonathan's armor bearer, would rest upon this service. What are you talking about? I'm talking about when Jonathan bared his heart. The Bible said that his servant said, whatever's in your heart, let's go. We can do it. We can see it. We can have it. Anybody believe we can have it? Anybody believe we can see it? It was a movement. Your dreams aren't too big. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right here, right now. Your dreams aren't too big. In fact, if you tell me you had a dream from God and it doesn't seem impossible, I'm probably going to question you whether or not it was really from God. Don't determine. This is one thing I love about this guy. We're about the same age, but he's, he's receiving what I'm saying to him right now. He's receiving me not as a peer, but a prophet, and I'm speaking to you right now. You don't determine whether or not a dream's from God. Come on, as to whether or not everybody's on board with you. You don't determine whether a dream from God is a dream from God. Come on, according to how many people are behind your dream. could have gave you a dead head for a pastor. You standing in defense of his aggressiveness? Absolutely. It was a movement. History books bear this out. Daughters, granddaughters, and great-granddaughters of Spawn were born birth from these 15 to 20 churches. When Paul left earth in the end of his life, listen to me, he not only left church plants, he left the DNA of a movement. I can't speak for what everyone else is doing, and I'm all about ministry having nice things within their means. But I can speak for me and I can speak for that young man sitting right there. Come on, I've been around him enough to know his heart. We're not doing this so we can drive nice vehicles and live in nice houses. He left the DNA of a movement. History books bear it out. Watch that it would eventually spread to the extent that even the Roman Empire itself would surrender to Christianity. DNA of this movement actually undermined, and it was one of the leading forces that not only undermined, but overthrew and overturned. Now, if you think that the Apostle Paul was able to write half to two-thirds of the New Testament, if you think that the Apostle Paul was able to do this by himself. If you think that the Apostle Paul 
was able to accomplish the apostolic things he accomplished. Totally and completely just because he had the desire and the zeal to do it. You're wrong. I have already apologized to God that I have never used the word I'm about to tell you in church before God put this in my heart. I'm sure it has been used from the pulpit, but I have never been in a service where I've heard this word used. Paul, in this little verse right here on Good Friday, some of you wondering, my word, what could be in that? That's just a greeting to a couple of people in Rome. That's just the greeting to a couple of people in Rome. In fact, I don't even recognize those names as prophets or evangelists. I don't remember those names showing up anywhere on the list of apostles. Priscilla and Aquila are not one of the 12 disciples. Brother Marks, what could possibly be? I'm telling you tonight, I'm going to preach to you from right there, two, four, six, eight, from those nine words, and I'm going to show you exactly how the Apostle Paul was able to do what he was able to do. And in showing you this, I'm going to show you, you and you, and I'm going to show you guys how you're going to do what God has put in his heart. Because he can't do it by himself. They cannot do this by themselves. God did not call you. Listen, I'm going to speak into your spirit, and I hope you'll listen to me right now. God did not call you here just to heal you. God called you to help. And I'm going to tell you something after 23 years of doing this that might shock you. I'm not, listen. You, 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 uh, yes, I want results. Yes, I want numbers. But I don't even have a Twitter account. But I'm not here tonight for some kind of number that I can go post on my social media. I don't have social media. In fact, if I were given the choice of having asked big numbers tonight or, or hearing big numbers from you, come on. I'm not interested in this, this one night flash in the pan, bang deal. I want something to happen here tonight where two weeks from now, two months from now, two years from now, Well, Brother Marks, you could have preached evangelistic. We may have had one, two, three, get the Holy Ghost. We may have. But I stand in defense of what God spoke to me. What about me doing the will of God tonight and getting you on board? Come on. And three and four and five and ten and fifteen and twenty people get the Holy Ghost in the next several weeks.
God didn't just bring you here for you to get help and then for you to go to a holding pattern. I feel this right now. There's healing in this place. I'm thankful you can be spiritually healed here. But I want you to hear this preacher. To whom much is given, much is required. God has brought you here for such a time as this. There is a place for you in this body. There is a ministry for you in this body. There is... I want to stay on point. I don't want to be scattered, but I want to just pull aside right here and tell somebody, you're not going to get happy until you get involved. You're not going to be happy until you get engaged. You're not going to have real joy and feel real fulfillment until you plug in to this thing called Pentecost. God didn't bring you here. God didn't raise you up in this church. God didn't preserve you and keep you from the things of this world for you just to be a pretty wallflower. Or just, and I'm, I'm not making light of this. Hear, hear everything I'm saying in context. Come on. He didn't just, he didn't just keep you and preserve you for, for us to be able to say, you see that one there? They've never smoked and they've never drank. And well, I'm going to tell you, we got, we got a problem in Luke chapter number 15. And it's not just a prodigal that's wandered away from home. Come on. To me, the bigger problem is the elder son who was still at the house, didn't know what he had, didn't know who was in the house with him. Come on. I'm preaching to us right now. I want you to understand. Come on. You've sky's the limit. You want to be used of God? There's some place and some position right here for you to be used by God. We got to get rid of this paradigm of Pentecost. That everything begins and ends or starts and stops by the, with the man who fills the pulpit week in and week out. There's too much we got to get done, bro. There is too much God has put in our spirit. And if, and if that wasn't enough, factor in what little bit of time. You think about everything God's promised us. Come on, as big as that is, and you put that in an equation, come on, with how little bit of time that we have, do you understand that the world is posturing more than anybody, even the oldest person here, the world has been nor, never been more postured for an all-out world war like it is right now. Do you understand what I'm telling you? Time is short, and we've got to figure out a way Come on, to get it all done in a short period of time. We need you. Come on, I felt the Holy Ghost when I said that. We need you. We need your talents. We need your abilities. We need your anointing. We need your help. Preachers don't make great churches. Great churches make great preachers.
Keep having people in here that God urges you to have. Bro, I'm telling you, the only thing, if I brought anything here in my iPad, if there's anything I brought here, just don't hope that it's going to come from Canada or Louisiana or some special force. Uh, and I'm all about specialized ministries. No, Pastor Gilbert, what you need is in this house. And what I'm trying to do tonight is to get somebody to wake up to the fact God didn't call you. Come on. Can I just tell you something I never told anybody right now? I'm preaching to some of you that are frustrated because you stay in a struggle. You stay in a struggle. I'm preaching to somebody right now I've never told anybody this that I can remember in my life, but I'm fixing to tell you and you're going to feel the witness of the Holy Ghost. You stay in a struggle. You're constantly having to pray through. I'm telling you right now that if you would get engaged and you would get involved in the work of God, your struggles would cease. You would forget about the things... I need somebody that'll testify to that right there. Oh, I feel there, there is something here right now. There is something here right now. Brother Marks, I need you or somebody else prophetic to come in here and deal with these people that have petty, that have pettiness. You don't need people. You don't need me to get rid of, of pettiness. You know what you need? You need people to get busy. And if people are busy, they're not petty. If people are busy, they're not petty. I need a breakthrough, Brother Marks. Can I tell you the fastest way to get a breakthrough is to get busy. I need deliverance. Come on. I need a breakthrough. I'm telling you tonight how to do it. Get involved. Get plugged in. Get Got a problem, people here running their mouth. Let me tell you, every time I watch patterns, Pastor, and people are moving their mouth when they're not moving their feet. Well, I don't see anywhere where the complainers got entitled to any kind of opinion. They're going, to be, they're going to be happy, so happy to have you back Sunday. They are going to be so happy to have you back. God brings, me, God brings people in like me. You're figuring out why I've never pastored now. I'd split, a church, I'd, I'd split a church seven ways from Sunday. God brings me in after you preached hard. Come on, to let you know. You know, pastor's not so bad after all. I call it the... I call it the foot and mouth disease. That's why Joshua told them, if we're going to get these walls down, you've got to close your mouth. Because there is something, listen, there's something intrinsically in us. When we get our mouth moving, we stop moving our feet. But they ain't having a good Friday service like this anywhere else. But can I prophesy something to you? If you'll catch the spirit of this, it's going to be a good Friday. If you'll catch the spirit of this, it's going to be a good Friday.
What's the word you never use, Brother Marks? I need a laser. I need a pointer. My greet Priscilla. This is right at the end. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers. Anybody know what the Apostle Paul's profession was? Tent maker. You know how he met Priscilla and Aquila? They were tent makers. Stuff started to happen that caused them, this Jewish couple, to have to leave. He meets them in Corinth. They go before him to Ephesus. And he left them there when he went to Jerusalem. And now circle back around and they're back in Rome. And that's why he's, he's, he's greeting Aquila and Priscilla. Which, by the way, while there's some that these are not power names to you, Apollos would be a power name. These people mentored, housed, encouraged. Apollos, which was a flaming evangelist. They did that. These are the people that in another place, the Apostle Paul said, they would have taken a shot from me. That's, that's the loose marks translation. Translation. Transliteration. I think what it says is they would stick their neck out for me. They went before the Apostle Paul to Ephesus. The success, scholars say that the success that he had in Ephesus was greatly due to the preparation of Priscilla and Aquila there before he got there. What were they doing? They were praying. Greet Priscilla, and he's fixing to tell us how he got all this done in such a short period of time. Greet Priscilla and Aquila. Somebody say with me. My helpers in Christ. Say it again with me. My helpers. Say my helpers. Say my helpers. That is the Greek word there. Here's the word I've never used. Here's the word I've never used in church until this. Greek word there for my helpers is the Greek word where we get our English word synergy from. And I want to preach to you in the next few moments about spiritual synergy. The best way to understand synergy Medicine, well, there are many explanations I could give you to help you understand synergy. The world of medicine will help you. If we have anybody in the medical field, you've, you've heard this word. In fact, this came, this came straight from someone who was in the medical field. They teach in medicine that the fastest way to get rid of disease, blood clots, etc., listen, is through synergistic combination. 
through synergistic combination. It's two or more drugs that individually produce overtly similar effects will sometimes display, listen, greater enhanced effects when given in combination. Paul uses the Greek word, which is translated by the translators, my helper. He uses a Greek word where we get our English word synergy from. And right here he gives us insight as to how he was able to start 15 to 20 churches, the DNA of a movement that would overthrow the Babylonian kingdom. Brother Marks, America, the United States of America, it's wicked. We've got the drug epidemic. Come on, we've got fentanyl overdoses. We've got perversion. Come on, it's now pedophilia that's being exposed. Brother Marks, it's bestiality next. Come on. There's, there, the world that we're living in is causing Sodom and Gomorrah to look like something small and G-rated. How are we going to get this done? How are we going to reach the world? How are we going to make a difference? God, I'm going to tell you how we're going to do it. When we all get together, there is something that happens that is unexplainable. My God, help me preach this to this church right now. Come on. It's when you find your place in the body. That's what the Apostle Paul is driving at in another place. When he's commending every part of the body. Those things that are seen and those things that are unseen. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't see a liver, but you can't live without it. You can't see a person's lungs, but you can't live without them. But it's the body working in unison. It's the lungs working in unison with the liver. And the liver working in unison with the, with the kidney. And the, it's spiritual synergy. When people buy in. When Paul uses language that they would stick their neck out for it. The apostle Paul was saying, I thank God. Let me, this is not just wasted space. This is not just filler. I'm not just taking the last few verses of the end of this letter to the church in Rome just to be nice. He's trying to give us insight. It's because of people, come on, that got behind my vision, that created a synergy, that created a power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You've got greatness in you and leadership has greatness in them. But ladies and gentlemen, when you put leadership, come on, with people that are willing to follow, when you put preachers, come on, with saints that are willing to follow, there is something supernatural that happens. Apostle Paul is explaining to us synergy is not something you can see with your eyes. But when people teamwork makes a dream work. And when people get together, when people get on the same page, Come on, when the spirit of Jonathan's armor bearer gets on the church and says to this man, oh, pastor, if it's in your heart, do all that's in your heart, I am with you. Come on, just point in the direction. What do you need me to do? 
Let me tell you something right now. There is no ministry that is less than another ministry in this church. From the new converts to the person that vacuums the floor to the children's ministry. Come on. To the greeters to the parking lot attendants. I'm going to really disappoint some of you that are aspiring for pulpit ministry. Come on, and I'm telling you, it's what I do week in and week out. But I've seen revival churches that synergy is at work, and they're growing, and they're growing, and they're growing. And I'm going to tell you what it does. The pulpit is only about 10% of what happens in a revival church. this is tonight. I don't care if you attach my name to it. If my name becomes the match that burns up in the wildfire, I'm fine with that. But I'm telling you, tonight is a moment. Something has got to click. Some of you, it is time. Come on. It is time. I have called I have been called to make the announcement here tonight. Some of you had to have the spiritual ICU room, listen, to survive. Thank God there was a bed for you. Thank God. Thank God for the respirator. Somebody hooked up to you. Thank God somebody cared for you. But I've come to make an announcement. You are healed. You don't need all that anymore. Come on. But God needs you in the maternity ward. God needs you. Come on. God needs you to return what was freely given to you. from India I couldn't pronounce his name if I remembered where he was from but at the time of the article he was one of the leading heart surgeons in the world he was constantly in the states performing open heart surgeries his level of success on paper was much greater than his contemporaries I read the interview where they sat down and began to question him as to why people were wanting to come to him from all over the world. What separated him from the people that went to the same schools that he went to and was taught from the same curriculum. The inquisitiveness, the inquisitiveness of this reporter, the adamacy of this reporter is what popped out this little pearl that I'm going to share with you right now. Did you have a mentor? Did somebody teach you a little trick? Your patients are surviving. Your patients are thriving. Your patients are excelling. Your, your mortality numbers are way lower than those that are your contemporaries. What is your secret? He said, I, I had the same teachers. I learned. I learned. I learned from the same mentors. I sat in the same classes. Come on. I was schooled in the same schools. Same nurses, same equipment. He said, the only thing I can think of that I did different, and by the way, this article wasn't in the Charisma magazine. This was not even a religious article. He said, the only thing I could think of is he said, one day it dawned on me walking up down the, the halls 
of those that were on the, uh, what would that be, cardiology, on that floor, people who were having heart issues. He said, I got to thinking, man, it's drab in here. It's dark in here. Come on. It's they're, they're the hopelessness. Come on. And he said, so, you know, you that are in the medical field, as soon as somebody's had surgery, they want to get them on their feet as, as quick as possible. They want to get them moving. He said, but I, I decided to try something. Come on. And he said, I've put it in. I've put it in. I've put it in stone. It's become a part of my practice. He said, my nurses put our heart patients, put our heart patients in a wheelchair and they roll them to the maternity ward. Come on. He said, there is something that happens. He said, I don't know how to explain it, but you take that person who's just had a triple bypass. Come on. And you roll them up in front of that window where there's sign of new life and something happens. Come on. I want to preach to you right now. Come on. I'm not here denying that you've been to hell and back. I'm not here denying that your heart has been broken spiritually. But I'm telling you, the way to be healed is to get involved with babies. The way to get healed is to get involved in ministry. service guy on Sunday, you have no excuse. Oh, no, you don't even know what I'm fixing to say. Maybe you do. Go curl them toes up underneath them chairs. I'll find them. I'm going to stomp on them one way or another. You have no excuse. Used to when we had two services, there was that sacred cow called a nap. We still take naps on Sunday. Well, you got time. Let me tell you something. New people that walk in here, babies, first-time visitors, people that have been here two or three times. There ought to be people in this church fight. You want to fight over something? Fight over something that matters. There ought to be people in this church pulling the arms, I'm speaking figuratively, of these visitors. No, I'm taking them to lunch. No, I'm taking them to lunch. No, I'm taking them to lunch. That's a ministry. Do you know? God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Some of you are doing people an injustice because you have a peace in your home. And when you, when, you are, when you quit sucking your thumb because of some position you think you need or title you think you need that you haven't gotten yet, and you wake up and realize you have an anointing in your house. Don't listen to me. Listen. Your stove is anointed. I am telling you right now, I have been able to reach people from this pulpit because they were softened up first at somebody's living room table. I won't take a percentage because I know how easy we forget stuff. But most of you couldn't even name, or a lot of you couldn't even name the disciple that took Judas's place. 
You know why? I'm going to tell you why. You know how he was chosen? This is what God's looking for. You know what qualified him to fill Judas's place? People said, he's already doing the work of the disciples. You don't get the position, Bishop Gilbert. People, you don't give people the position and then they do the work. But you said there was an anointing going to fall here tonight. There is. There is. I'll give you an example. You like animals, so maybe an animal example. Medicine example didn't help you. I'll give you an animal example of synergy. One draft horse. One draft horse. Can pull 18,000 pounds. Two draft horses pulling together can pull twice as much as one. Right? No. No. Synergy says, look at your neighbor and say, synergy says, if they can pull 8,000 pounds apiece, two can pull 16,000. No. Synergy says that they can pull 24,000. Eight thousand by himself. Eight thousand by himself. Put them together, and they can pull three times their weight. It's synergy. Now, if that don't excite you, maybe this will. If you train them and let them work together for a little bit, they can pull thirty-two thousand pounds. Now you understand I'm not just trying to offer you nine little words here tonight and wonder how in the world I could preach something for a kind gesture to two people at the church in Rome. No, this is much more than a kind gesture to ni of nine words to two people in the church of Rome. Paul is trying to tell us, come on, it's when we get together. It's when we all pull together. It's when we're all busy. It's when we're all plugged in. It's when... I know, I know who I'm talking to right now, but I'm not going to embarrass you, and I'm going to do it just like this because I think there may be more than just this one couple. I'm going to tell you, if you'd get involved, if both of you would get involved, the marriage problems that you have right now that's trying to break and bust you up will dissolve themselves. Why do you think the enemy works so hard on us not getting together. Well, you've given medicine examples and you've given animal examples. I need some scripture. Okay. I don't know how much better you get than synergy, but here we go. 
want to put a thousand to flight. Two. We'll put 10,000 to flight. Three. Where's the math nerds at? How's it possible? There's a million right there. It's synergy. You gotta stay right there. Lord, I need you to move in this situation. Lord, I need you to put your hand in this situation. Lord, I need you to heal. Lord, I need you to deliver. Lord, I need you to set free. Lord, I need you. Here's the reason. Satan hates spiritual synergy. Because I can stand over here all day long and pray that by myself. Ginger, can he play Jesus just once? Can he be Jesus tonight? All right. I, I mean, I know that but he's just going to be Jesus. Look what happens. Now, your mom thinks it's all right. We're calling you Jesus. <laughs> now, watch. Watch what happens. Pastor's going to be Jesus. Watch what happens when you, when you, why are you preaching like this, Brother Marks? I'm preaching because there is no reason in the world why our pastors ought to be getting multiple stints being put in before they're 55 years old. Well, how are they having revival? I'm, I'm just young enough, but I'm just old enough to have seen, come on, probably some of the greatest revival that we've had in the last hundred years. Modesto Revival Center, Brother Keys, in the late 90s. Let me tell you, it wasn't just because Brother Keys could preach faith. It was teamwork, man. It was people plugged in. It was ministry. It was people involved. There's a reason Satan hates spiritual synergy. Because look what happens if two or three, if two or three get together and start touching, connecting, and agreeing. I take what God does through me in prayer and then walking up here and prophesying, and I put it with your administrative skills. And I, this is all. I don't know what each of your skills are. I'm just using this as an example. And he and I take that and put it with his administrative skills and put it with your IT skills and put it with your... Where two or three are gathered together in my name, touching and agreeing. What does it say? Who's coming? where Jesus is at? I'm about to tell you where Jesus is at. He's not in heaven. Jesus is where people are working together. Jesus, are, Jesus is where there's unity. Jesus is where the body is one.
I've studied spirit-filled revivals across all denominations in the last 100 years. There's a common thread throughout all those great spirit-filled revivals. One of the first things that spawned them was their ministry. Well, this particular article called them, it was their ministry to the undesirables of society. We'll have to lock our cars. We'll have to hold on to our purses. I'm going to tell you something. Some of you are so holy, you wouldn't have went to one of Jesus' fellowship meetings. It's just a lot of work, children's ministry, and bus, bus routes. And it's just I don't see a whole lot of yield from working with people in halfway houses. And I'm preaching, I'm preaching to a lady right now. There's a lady in this place. And I am literally right now, God, God keeps bringing it to your mind. And right now, I am, I am placing into your hands the keys to your liberty. Because here's the deal. I'm not looking for some little tweetable phrase this this i love words and it's the way that comes to me i've watched this i've watched patterns for 23 years if people are not involving they're dissolving they are not engaged they're exiting it may be a slow fade that's why i am all about okay protect the platform i get it I'm all about plat platform policies. I get that. I understand that. But that's why I'm all about as soon as we get people. What do you guys call it? First In a first steps program. As we get them moving in the right direction. Plug them into something. Put them at a door welcoming people. Well, they don't look like us. They're never going to look like us if we don't get them involved. after church. That's a red-eyed radical compared to a lot of the jokers in his generation. I love, how many love music? Well, they ain't, in my opinion, and I, it's, to some of you, it's old now, but, but goodness of God, huh? I'll raise a hallelujah. Oh, help me, Jesus. 
So when something ain't right to me, when something doesn't add up, my mom used to call me Kojo. Kojo goes to start trying to find the answer. So Bishop Gilbert, I started looking up all these songs that moved me. And I'm like, why aren't our people writing these songs? They're out there. Why aren't they up there reaching and grabbing them down? Boy, I will absolutely be castigated for what I'm about to say. You know what? I started going to the credits and looking at lyrics. Do you know what I found? All these songs that are moving me and we're using in our churches that are so great right now that are coming from other places, they're the result of collaboration. Some of these songs, no, listen to me. That's right. You said it. They're the result of synergy. They're group writing now. Nobody's worried about having their single name on a song. There's some of those songs, I promise I counted, there were 10 names. And I got to, what are they doing? They're having writing sessions. And eight or 10 of them are set around. You preachers know what I'm talking about right now. You get three or four preachers sitting on one thought, start talking about one thought. Come on, and all the stuff that start popping. Synergy. And they're pulling those songs down because they're not afraid of collaboration. I'm getting close to an hour. Somebody told me it's probably a rumor that you guys have a shut off at an hour. I don't, the mic's going to go off or something. <laughs> Y'all, they didn't, they didn't work today, a lot of them. And I look at these churches that don't have the full truth. Serve, 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 serve. They got a ministry for the ministries. I'm going to tell you the most neglected. You used to think it was the prophet, but that's a cool word now. The most neglected office of the fivefold ministry. I'm going to tell you why it's neglected. I'm going to tell you exactly why it's neglected. Because we have isolated it to pulpit ministry. We better turn the teacher loose. The most needed ministry. Teaching brings stability. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Read Aquila and Priscilla. I wouldn't be able to do even a quarter of what I was able to do without people that bought into my vision. I got dreams, Brother Marks. Ask Joseph. Quickest way to see your dreams come to pass is when you get involved in somebody else's. And I'll tell you, the people, the type of people, boy, I feel this. Somebody needs to hear this. The type of people that will serve your dream will be the type of person you were in serving somebody else's dream. Because the days of this Zepco 33 business, 
a baiting up for a certain kind of fish. Just a line here and a line there. No, I want a net. What are we doing, Brother Marsh? We're men in the net. Because if, if the if your ministry is not connected to my ministry and your You know why we have services like we had here Wednesday night? Because you can't be engaged and enraged at the same time. And whatever you've been going through, I'm, now now I'm closing, but I'm 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 on a I'm on a I'm gonna chide somebody a little bit right now. You sh you sheathe your sword. And, and and you're full of all that other stuff. And it's keeping you from being plugged in. Yes, I'm preaching to people who've never really been involved, but I also feel like I'm preaching to people that have been involved in the past. But for whatever reason, Brother Marks, I'm too old. My best days are behind me. Anybody know how old Anybody know how old he was when he looked at the mountain? He was 80. That's right, buddy. Caleb said, give me that now. 80 years old. 80-something years old. John, John was cast on an isle called Patmos, and I'm sure he thought it was done. And God tapped him on the shoulder. He said, I got one more chapter, buddy. We don't have any, we have no record that John had ever been prophetic up to that point. And God took an 80-something-year-old man, some say he could have been as old as 85, and said, when you thought you were done, I'm going to make you a prophet to the generations. This is more important than T-ball. This is more important than soccer. This is more important than gymnastics. Jesus reached somebody. One time, and he reached him, and then he told him why. He said, I reached you for you. He said, but there's somebody else I was trying to reach, and I knew I couldn't get to them until I got you. something for you to do that nobody else can do. The greatest 
homecoming I ever got to be a part of, you can come and finish. I was preaching revival in Calgary, Alberta. I knew the lady. I knew who she was. I didn't know a whole lot about her. I'm not even sure. I was there in revival. I'm not even sure. I think it was her husband who desired for me to be a part of the service. I, I just didn't know her that real. I knew she was a sweet lady. I just, I just got to be honest with you. I underestimated her. I wasn't the only one that underestimated her. I listened to the gasps over and over and over across that full congregation that day. There's one young lady after another and one young man after another and people that were once young, now were older, walked across that stage and got that mic. You know what her ministry was? Cards. She wasn't real vocal. She was shy. One by one, Pastor Gilbert. Young ladies broke down. Now, moms who were once young ladies that said, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be raising my kids in the church. I listened to Pauline, which is, she, she's one of their bright stars. She's a wonderful singer. She's sung at everything in Pentecost. She couldn't even keep her composure. Tears running down her face. And she said it was the cards of that lady right there. She said, when I didn't have the answers, when I didn't feel connected, something would come in the mail. Spiritual synergy. I th said his name, you know who he was. He's one of the greatest scholars in Pentecost alive right now. Many years ago he pastored in Flint, Michigan. A man that they won and that church is now in a church in Birmingham and he said, I sat there and listened to this man teach that morning my first Pentecostal service and he said, my mouth gave open. I never heard anything like it. Never felt anything like it. He was baptized. He received the Holy Ghost but he looked at me and he said, the reason I'm here today, he said, I didn't have a family. I didn't know what love was. He said, and that was a great preacher, and that was great singing, and that was a great feeling. He said, but I'm here today. He said, because of the people that scooped me up before I got out the back doors. Last I read... I know the world we're living in is pretty wicked, but the last I checked, it's illegal to have a baby and just walk out of a hospital. God wants to give this church babies, but he's got to be sure there's people here that are going to take care of them. The church will do no greater work. The greatest work of the church is making disciples. And we have got to the place we have put so much emphasis on the birth. We have put so much emphasis on the birth. 90 years old. I'm closing with this. 
90 years old, she has a baby. You'd think she'd be rejoicing over the fact she could have a baby at 90. She rejoices. She rejoices, but it wasn't over the fact she could give birth at 90. Sarah rejoiced over the fact that she was able to nurse it. The church's greatest joy in these last days has got to be that we're able to take care of what God gives us. Do you know Abraham rejoiced over the same child, but he rejoiced when it was weaned. God gets happy in this. The Heavenly Father gets happy in this. Angels rejoice when they repent. Sarah rejoices when she's able to sustain the child. But the daddy rejoices when the child is able to stand on his own two feet. brought you here and all I'm asking you is not to sabotage and destroy the place God's brought you because you continue to live in the memories of what happened to you at the last place get involved get off of the peripheral some of the things that impacted me. I was raised in the church. Okay, yeah, camps, conferences. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was men in the local church who decided to have, how hard, it is, how hard is it to pitch four or five tents? How hard, how hard is it two or three times a year? To, don't wait on somebody to come. My Lord, have mercy. I'll tell you right now, I'd much rather have to pull the reins on somebody than constantly have to lay the spurs to them. It's Texas. That ought to be a good analogy. That's ministry. Do you know, do you know, ladies? Do you know, ladies? This is not all on her. Paul instructed the ladies that were rooted in the faith. Teach the young lady. Take one of these young ladies under your arm. Take one of these young men under your arm. I'm telling you, when you get yourself involved with other people's problems, it has a way of not just mitigating, it has a way of causing you to forget your own. There's an anointing here right now. There's singles. Well, I'm not married or I'm divorced. There's something for you to do.
sure it's out there. I've never heard of it. Maybe God just put it in my spirit right there for somebody to think about it. There's so many single mothers around the church now. Who's, who's ever thought about having a single mother's ministry where single mothers are getting together once every couple of months? If you're going to group text, don't wait on us to call you in. Don't wait on us to have a, have a board meeting and have a, have a vote. No, just come on, find something, put your hand to something. Come on and do something with all of your might. God wants to put anointing on couples. Tonight, God wants to put anointing on couples. God wants to put an anointing on couples tonight. God wants to put an anointing on couples tonight. I'm going to keep trying it till I, I said, God wants to put an anointing on couples tonight. Somebody's catching the cue right now. God wants to put anointing on couples tonight. Young people, singles, stay with me. Don't check out. Together. Somebody say together. together. Sir, quit waiting on her. Get her by the hand. She'll follow you. She'll follow you. I promise she's been waiting on you to do this. You, you go ahead and take the lead tonight. It's, you're, it's an answer to her prayers. You're not going to offend her. Just go ahead and do it right now. An anointing. Would y'all come stand right here? An anointing. Singles, young people, elders, you want an anointing to follow on you? You want to be a part of the spiritual synergy of this church? You want to be in the middle of what God's doing? You want to leave a mark? You want your life to count? Get out from where you're at. Come down these aisles, fill in these spaces and holes. Come on, it ought to be everybody in this house. God's putting together the team. We're not in competition. Hey, a servant has never been intimidated by another servant. I said a servant has never been offended by another servant. You see, if you're serving, you see another servant come, you're like, whew, that's less I have to do and that's quicker we're going to get the job done. You anybody here ever moved? Oh, I get a yucky feeling when I say that word. You got people show up to help you move. I guarantee you nobody in this place ever turned them away. No, I got this. I got, I got 84, box, 84 more boxes to carry, but I'll carry them out by myself. No, you're going to take all the help you can get because a servant appreciates another servant. Now, kings are territorial. Kings feel threatened. God's looking for servants. My prayer is, is that this will sink in. 
My prayer is that that anointing will fall. I believe when she sings, it's going to fall. And my prayer is months and years from now, you can look back and say, you remember that good, good Friday service? I came thinking we was going to hear something about the cross. I believe the power of the cross, ladies and gentlemen, the body. This is the body. At best, it's broken. But this is the body. Remember that Friday night? I'm talking about a husband and wife several months from now looking, looking back and saying, man, something, something happened right there for us. God wants to accelerate. Somebody say accelerate. He wants to speed everything up. It's through synergy. Synergy is what does that. It accelerates. It speeds it up. He's all nice, so he won't tell you this, okay? But I'm not real nice, so I'll tell you. It, why would you want to jump out of the ocean to go flail and flop around in a mud puddle somewhere just so you can be the head fish? Well, they're going to give me a position over there. Let me tell you something. If you're in this church and you're a member of this church and somebody from another church is working on you and promising you a, a position and they've gone around him, that ain't somewhere you want to be anyways. Uh, you know, it's just getting too big. It's just... It's just getting too big at True Church. If you got a problem with this thing getting big, you're going to have a real problem because it's just going to get bigger and bigger. And, come on, and bigger and bigger. And, and the bigger it gets, the more help we're going to need. Are you ready to start training people? Are you ready to start teaching people? Are you ready to be a mentor? Put your hands right now. Come on, I'm going to pray the prayer. Come on, I'm going to pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I pray that the anointing that was on Priscilla and Aquila, I pray that the anointing, I pray God that you would let it rest upon every man and woman. I pray you would let it rest on every single mom. I pray you would let it rest on every young person. Come on, lift your voice. I pray an anointing to serve. I pray an anointing to work. Give me the vision. I just had a 25-year question answered right here. God just answered it for me. How did they rebuild that wall in 52 days? 
<laughs> How did they rebuild the wall in 52 days? Come on, go read it. They all had a heart to work. That's what he said. They had a heart to work. They had a heart to work. They didn't need accolades. They didn't need positions. They didn't need praise. They didn't need affirmation. They had a heart, a heart of pride, a heart of hate, no, a heart to work. How are we going to get this done? I'm going to tell you how we're going to get it done. Something wonderful happens when people work together. Something miraculous happens when people work together. Give me 10 men up here real quick. I see it. I'm going to do it. Give me 10 men up here. Walk up here with me. Pastor, come up here. We're not doing six-foot distancing anymore. Oh, bro, we're proselyting here tonight. In Jesus' name. God didn't give you a salvage title when he saved you. Just sit over and mind your business. You ought to just be happy to be here. No, God's got a purpose. God's got a purpose for your life. This is what we're trying to change. Pastor, come here behind these men. Move them. Come on, move them. Let him move you a little bit. Let him move you a little bit. Come on. Come on, preach. Come on, pray. Come on, pray. You're not preaching hard enough. You're not praying hard enough. No, no, stop. No, that's not what we're after. Man, turn around and face the other way. <laughs> now, now, y'all push him. <laughs> turn around, go the other way. Turn around and go the other way. Y'all push him. Come on, you see what I'm trying to tell you right now? That's synergy. You see, that's how that's supposed to work. Come on, that's how that's supposed to work. He's a shepherd. He's a leader. And thank God you had a man who's been willing to push you. But I feel like in the Holy Ghost on this Friday night, come on, we're going on record at 9 o'clock. I preached an hour and a half solid. But I'm telling you what's happening. There is a switch happening. Come on, and we're going to push them. We're going to propel them.
Come on, anybody ready to go? We want to know your vision. We want to know your dreams. We want to see God fulfilled. Stand right here. Get your wife. Come stand right here. Get your wife. Come stand right here. When I walked in here the other night, I knew if I didn't get anything else done, I had to get my hands on these two people right here. This is big. That's the reason the enemy has fought the way he's fought. That's the reason the enemy has fought the way he's fought. I need, I need two or three of you couples that are already good and plugged in. Would you come stand behind and around this couple right here? Come on, these are, these are good people, and I want to put my hands on them. I want the anointing of Priscilla and Aquila. I want this pastor to come with me and lay your hands. Come on. Church, would you stretch your hands in this direction right now? God... They have something to offer. They have something to give. I don't want them to feel disjointed. I don't want them, I don't want them to be peripheral. I want them to be pillars in this church. I want them to be deeply invested, deeply involved. I want you to use them. Come on, somebody pray the anointing of Priscilla and Aquila right now. God. Help me, Pastor. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Italaboya satayarabaya dalabaye. God in your name Jesus in your name Jesus in your name Jesus come on that's it come on that's it come on that's it come on that's it come on let's turn up the prayer here let's turn up the prayer here let's turn up the prayer
come on. Who's going to lead a ladies' prayer meeting? Who's going to lead a ladies' prayer meeting? Who's going to start a ladies' prayer group? Who's going to start an early morning men's prayer group? church come on would you help me rally around what the Holy Ghost there's an anointing falling here right now there's an anointing falling here right now I want you to look at somebody and tell them we can't do this without you. Take them by the hand and pray with somebody right there close to you. Look them in the eyes and tell them we can't do this without you. Tell them we got, you got a part to play. All right, folks, Holy Ghost is still moving here. If you need to go, 
You're welcome to go. Nobody will hold hard feelings. But some of us have got to stay. for us right now. You better grab somebody and pray for them right now. You better link up with somebody like you mean business. The Holy Ghost is moving in this place. just sing like them or if I could just dress like her come on or if I just had Pentecostal heritage like them no quit allowing the enemy to undermine your potential come on you were fearfully and wonderfully made God has put his hand on you I feel something hooking up in this church I feel something hooking up in this church on the way. Help is here. Help is rising up, Pastor. Help is showing itself. Help, help is exposing itself. Help is stepping forward. Help is emerging. Right, I feel the emergence of help. I feel help ministries emerging. sing or I can't preach oh my God you got stuff inside of you you can do come on that some of us that preach and sing can't do I'm not the picture perfect preacher's wife who told you what a picture perfect preacher's wife was anyways can you pray can you love people
God, folks. It's huge. What the Holy Ghost is doing right now is a big deal. <laughs>